Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network wherever you are. Positively different radio. In the morning you're with the Double L team, Lyle and... Lawson. Lawson. How are you this morning? I understand oh. that you had like a games night last night. Oh well, it was it was Super Bowl Monday. Super Bowl Monday. Super Bowl Monday. Yeah, that's right. And How American are we? And we watch the. Oh, well, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a, a diehard, you know, patriot of the sport slash country. And um, yeah, we watched the Super Bowl, and my, you know, favorite team, the LA Rams, just dominated. Like, yeah, it's so such a good time. <laughs> just kidding. Just, uh, so it was the Rams versus the Bengals. The Bengals were like the overwhelming underdog, and they nearly won. Like it was two points in the end that they lost by, and it was like it was pretty heartbreaking for them. I wonder but, how long it is before Australia actually starts um, seriously playing American football. Um, you know, I remember when I was your age, and it was kind of unheard of. Yeah, but now there's you know Australians all have their favorite team. Yeah, but I think Australians appreciate it as an American thing. I know that there are like American football leagues in Australia. I know a person playing yeah, in one, but but, it's not very but like in terms of professional, see, this is the thing about American football is that they're constantly stopping, and when they're constantly stopping, that's why like the whole Super Bowl ads thing is like such a such a big thing, like the commercials, and and so like Australia is just not used to a game that stops that much. That stops. Yeah, that's right, and our our commercials aren't good enough to handle that. Like our market's too small to have like celebrities constantly shilling products. So. We we would just get disinterested pretty quickly, I think. Yeah, indeed. Anyway, <laughs> so that was what you were up to yesterday. Yeah, oh, it, was, so, it was awesome. It was a good um, time. Then went swimming and then had games. So it's like best day ever. I I spent the day sanding. What? Wow, that sounds epic. One hand going backwards and forwards, swap to the other hand. It goes backwards and forwards with a piece of sandpaper. That was my that was my life yesterday. Wow. And mm-hmm. did you feel accomplished afterwards? Yeah, I did actually. Yeah, you um, got some stuff done. Yeah, got some stuff done. Wow, that's yep. Got the worst of the. Worst of the job done, so that's um, oh, okay. always good. The worst is over. Sanding is always the worst. It's just boring. Yeah, guys. it's terrible. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. As we get stuck into our morning session, we're about to have the clue for the quiz, and Lawson's just looking it up for you. Of course, it's a 100-point quiz, and you will have to... Uh, for 100 points, you'll be able to win a bumper sticker and a bookmark. So, Lawson, what have we got for our 100-point quiz question right there? Is, Scrolling through them all. Coming up right now. Can you turn me on, please? Yeah, we need... Uh, thank thank you, Shell. All right, here thank we go you. for 100 points. What suffering Old Testament saint lamented that God would terrify him with visions? Oh, man, that's heavy. So who was who was in the Old Testament who was really sad and suffering and then was like really upset that God was terrifying him with visions? Who's who was that? Who's living a tough life? Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call, as Lyle said. For one hundred points, you can net yourself a Faith FM bookmark and bumper sticker. Or you can just get those points on the board, continue to work your way through the quiz, and if you get every single question correct, you can win every single prize. So Darren says no to the AFL. Sorry, sorry, no to the American football. AFL all the way. Uh, Oh, no, Darren. I know Darren's like a diehard Richmond fan, but, dude, no, it's actually good. Like, this is the thing. Like, I have 
no experience watching NFL. I've I've watched the Super Bowl like the last three years, like, and that's it. I don't watch any regular season games. I don't follow any teams on any social media or whatever. But it's really interesting. But the other thing, okay, this actually ties into my good news this morning. Yeah, let's talk about good news. Good news. Let's just move on from it. No, no, but uh, this kind of includes the Super Bowl. So just, just briefly. Okay, the two most popular, like, um, the two most advertised products during the Super Bowl this year, which is like Super Bowl is known for its ads and its commercials because it's like so many people are watching that companies literally spend tens of millions of dollars getting a 30 second slot and just filling it with like iconic celebrities shilling their product. That's like every Super Bowl. The two most common things that were, that were promoted. Firstly, interestingly, was zero alcohol like beer and alcoholic beverages. That's good. That's cool. Like, yes. it was targeted specifically, a lot of them at young people, at, uh-huh. at the youth. Good. But like, good. zero alcohol seltzer, zero alcohol Bud Light, and zero alcohol, you know, Budweiser, and like all of these classic, like, yep. American alcohol brands. They're like, zero alcohol. And I'm like, this is definitely a step in the right direction. I'm like, that's cool. That's cool. The other thing they must they must be looking at what happened to the smoking industry and recognizing that you know in the next ten years or so, those same lawsuits are going to be coming their mm. direction, and they better start you know growing a conscience. Yeah. So they're, they're well, they're trying to, um, and they're doing it. The other industry that is very like uh, prolific during Super Bowl commercials is the automotive industry, and specifically this year, it was all about the electric car. Like every single ad break had a different electric car. It was Kia, it was Ford, it was Toyota, it was Polestar, it was Hyundai. Like it was just everyone was just again shilling their electric cars. Like please buy them, and then you've got you know some famous celebrity up there promoting them. Because nobody can afford petrol anymore. Yeah, that's right. In Australia, at least. Um, oh, the, the world is the same. I mean, everyone's struggling. My, my, my half of my family's in the states, and and the price of petrol over there is just astronomical. Crazy. Well, Detroit, you know, where lots of wonderful things happen. Particularly, actually, you know, a lot of the automotive industry for a long time was kind of based in Detroit, the American automotive industry. Um, so they've partnered, like the, the Michigan Department of Transportation has partnered with a company called Electri- uh, Electrion. And we talked a couple of months ago about how people were planning to do this, but there was nothing like set in stone. Like they were kind of having talks about it. But they will be trialing a one-mile stretch of highway that can wirelessly charge your electric vehicles. Yes. I've heard about this technology in the past, and this is... It's its like, why not? Yeah. We, we wirelessly charge stuff all the time, uh-huh. so why not? So you, And why not invent a car that wirelessly charges itself every time it drives under power line? Yeah. You know, you, you, you want to drive from here to, uh, you know, the other side of Australia, just 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 follow that dirt track that follows the, uh, the, <laughs> the, train, the train line. The, the train line. Or the power line or whatever it might be. <laughs> That's right. I'm wondering how this takes place for, like, already existing electric vehicles, if they if they have, like, some kind of plug that they put into... An adapter. Like, the an adapter that they put in the charging hole that, like, hangs Module. out the side and that, like, I don't know, just sucks up, sucks up the... Because this would solve so many problems. The big problem with electric cars is range. Range, like it's the biggest, like most obvious down, like downside of, of electric power. Yes. You know, still, I'm just waiting. For, like, and I've already covered a story before where, like, a, a startup in in the Netherlands has made a solar powered car that can travel anywhere and just live its best life. But this is a good step. This is, I'm like, yes, this is cool. Like, you know, you're in well, a major if, city. If, yeah, if you, comp- if you combine, say, solar and 
uh, wireless charging that would you would think significantly increase your range. Dude, and then you would have, like, no need for petrol stations, and then you would get everything just ordered to your house, and you'd never have to leave the house other than getting in your car. Well, if you get everything ordered to your house and you never have to leave your house, why would you have a car? Well, like, to travel, play, like, to take a kid to school, but then... Go to church. Yeah, well, that's right. To go, That's right, to go to church. Hey, there we go. But, yeah, this is, you know, uh, currently a project there. They're putting in place, they're ripping up Stretcher Road in Detroit, and they're going to chuck some wireless charging cables underneath it and do some demonstrations, and... um. And yeah, and th- this is the future. This is like, this is what's up. Like, this is, th- this is, I think, like, all the questions people had about Tesla in, like, 2013, 2014, Tesla electric vehicles in general, like, they're being answered now, finally. Like, well, they're getting there. They're getting there. Ten years later. It's, they're it's on- emerging technology. That's right. They're on the track. Um, in other news, uh, that is actually quite sad. Uh, but good because it's being recognised and they're doing something about it. Um, the Australian koala has officially been placed on the endangered species list. Yeah, that's not positive. That is not positive. It's positive that they're, it's on the list and that hopefully that will maybe send some funding that direction, but it's not positive. Yeah, well, it, it's incredibly sad and, and obviously like reflecting on the conditions that we've had in Australia the last th- three, four years, particularly like the big killer was the bushfires. The bushfires was just um, devastating. But then, you know, you have a bushfires followed, no, like like uh, before the bushfires, it was drought. Then you've got bushfires. Then after bushfires, there's floods. Like it's just all kinds of very adverse conditions for all kinds of animals. But for koalas specifically, um, you know, losing, I think I read here a statistic um, that like, uh, during the bushfires, like 5,000 koalas died and they lost like um, 27% of their natural habitat. You know, so like they're really, the pressure's been put on and now they're finally being put in this list, which is actually a good thing because um, it then sends funding their way. It gets people to act. Uh, and, and that is what is taking place. Um, you know, yeah, uh, the WWF branch here in Australia have, you know, now received funding from the government to be able to, you know, add koalas to their kind of con- conservationist agenda and be able to help them out. And yeah, it would be super sad to see the end of koalas. That's right. Well, in at, Australia. at the moment, like they are, they're, they've gone from vulnerable to, uh, endangered, but they're still estimating that there's around 40,000 koalas in the wild, which isn't like, you know, we've read stories here on radio where it's like, there's like 50 breeding pairs left, which isn't the case for koalas. There's like a lot of them, but there's still like, in terms of the conditions for koalas, they've seen like a continuous decline. Uh, yeah, and this is the thing, you can, you can reach a, a certain point in a population where the population is still there mm. and there are still males and females of the that population, but it's too small to be viable and you know that it's just going to decline from here until it, That's it, right. it, it finally vanishes <laughs> because it just uh, reaches that point where it's just like there's just not enough. Mm. Um, even though you can breed in captivity to your heart's content, um, you'll never build that population mm. back up again. But, um, yeah, no, it's good to see that something positive is being done there. That is right. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Whatever is true here on The Breakfast Show, and that's what we try to present, whatever is true on The Breakfast Show. Amen. To the very best of our ability, but right now, let's see whether you can answer this quiz to the very best of your ability. Lawson, go for it. All right, for 200 points, 
What apostle had a vision of animals being let down from heaven in a sheet and realized God had offered salvation to the Gentiles? 0491-064-669 is the number to call if you know the answer. And for 200 points, you can win yourself an issue of Signs Magazine. Or you can get those points on the board, continue to work your way through the quiz and win every single um, prize that we have. But again, that question was... What apostle had a vision of animals being let down from heaven in a sheet and realized God had offered salvation to the Gentiles, to the Gentiles? Awesome. I'm sure there are people out there who know what that answer is. 0491-064-669. Okay, and text message says, do you think that in advertising non-alcoholic beverages, they are still really advertising their brand? This is the, the side psycho- Psychology of alcoholic brands. Yeah, that's right. Well, it's like... Okay, but here's, here's the thing. Here's the way I see it. Uh-huh. In the past, they would have still done their advertising. Mm-hmm. They would have just advertised the alcohol. Yeah. Uh, so it, doesn't, hasn't stopped, it hasn't stopped the amount of those brands being advertised. That's right. And it's like you, it, there's like a – there is that thing of like, oh, you can't stop a brand from being successful. Obviously, like we're like, oh, drinking is a really negative thing yeah but would we would we um allow in australia a um a cigarette company to advertise non-addictive non-cancer causing um nicotine free cigarettes uh ooh, ooh that's <laughs> that's it well this is the thing it's actually non-harmful cig- cigarette i mean it's not it's impossible to make a, a non-harmful cigarette because you're taking smoke into your lungs i get that but let's hmm. say that you could well in various sports cigarette companies often like create like rebrand themselves like with some kind of shield company that does something but then they get called out for it and then get banned anyway from from advertising so uh i don't think that's necessarily the solution uh but yeah what, what's going what's going on in 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 Global, you know, amazing news. Okay, so let's talk about uh, some more serious news right here. This one's coming from uh, the Sunshine Coast, so the Coolum uh, State High School, about oh, 1,500 okay. students that go there. And uh, they have just introduced these magnetic pouches for phones. Oh, I heard about this. It's really cool. So basically, as a magnetic pouch, you put your phone in it, so that uh, puts the phone out of service. Uh-huh. And you um, sort of... You uh, there's a there's a little ma- magnetic lock that you um, lock it as you go in through the school gate, uh-huh. and you then can't access it for the rest of the day. So they're not actually taking the phones off the kids. You still get to carry around your phone. It's just not going to do anything all day. Wow. And what they've noticed is that the kids are playing. They are talking. There are conversations taking place. They are far more physical than they were before. There is exercise happening. There is sports happening. Uh, the kids are present, and they're actually getting back to being kids again. They were wow. noticing that a lot of the kids at this particular high school, it's just state high school, were spending between 5 to 11 hours a day on screen time. Wow. So that's like the vast majority of your life is spent, spent uh, staring at a screen. And uh, what they found is that the kids actually haven't, haven't lost their minds. They haven't gone around mm. the twist. They haven't died. They haven't <laughs> hasn't hurt them, and that they are actually enjoying <laughs> the break from uh, being able to be looking at their phones. So this is a, this is a cool story, and of course, this is following a trend where we are seeing more and more schools that are just like no, 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 no phones during school time. Your phones mm. are gone during school time, and you know the reason that we have teachers and the reason we have school staff is so that. 
we don't need to be, as parents, we don't need to be in contact with our kids during school hours. Yeah, it's nice right. to be in contact after school hours. Yeah, totally. But I would say buy your, buy your kids a dumb phone, not a smartphone. You know what's called the burner phone? Buy a burner phone because the moment you give your kids a smartphone, you give them unlimited access to the worst of what the world has mm. to offer. That's right. Get them a get them a burner phone, and yep. then they're untraceable, and you know can live their best lives. Absolutely, bunch of countries around the world that are now pro- proclaiming the end of the pandemic: Sweden, Denmark, Norway, uh, England, and Australia, Finland. No, no, okay. Have all have all basically <laughs> declared the pandemic's over. Restrictions are off, um, and you know I guess the positive thing there is that Omicron seems to be. You know, the weak variant that is, um, you know, still putting a lot of people in hospital and so forth, mm-hmm. but uh, it, it, it has now weakened to the point where they can declare the end of it in those countries. Wow. wonder how long Australia and New Zealand will be behind the, behind the game, but we will see what happens. Mm. Okay, so I did tell, say we'd talk about this story about this uh, satanic temple in Scottsdale, yeah. Arizona. So this has just been built and they just had their inaugural... Um, the inaugural convention called, I love the name of this, SatanCon. <laughs> You're about it, Lyle. I love the title. I think it's absolutely appropriate because Satan is a total con. <laughs> you know, the, 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 the devil always goes too far, overreaches himself and then makes a fool out of himself as he has done right here. Mm. Uh, so SatanCon, um, that ran from February 11 to 13. And it was interesting because it was protested by a bunch of Christians. And the question is, if this happened, you know, here in Newcastle where the breakfast show comes from, uh, would we protest such an event? Would we protest the construction of a satanic temple? Uh, would we be opposed to that? And the simple reality is, I would not. Yeah, why? No, you, this is not what this is not what God is about. Yeah, that's right. You know, if God was about forcing people, He would have killed Satan a long time ago. Yeah, God is about freedom of choice and freedom of religion. And I can't ask the government to give me freedom of religion, but not somebody else. It's, if I don't, if I don't fight for the freedom of religion for the Satanists. Mm. then I'm not fighting for freedom of religion. I'm fighting for freedom for me That's right. and not everybody. That's right. And I think it's so interesting as well. Like, like in the ancient world, the, the overwhelming majority of people, like in the biblical times, were, were pagans. Yes. And they were literally worshipping Satan then as well. Yes. And, you know, God's people were in and amongst those people. And, yes, like wars and skirmishes and whatnot did take place. Yes. But there was freedom for them. Yeah. And here's the thing, in the, in, in, the, in the ancient world, you had Israel was God's church. Mm. And if you were going, if you said, you know, um, we're going to have, uh, you know, a prayer to Satan on, uh, during our morning worship service as well as a prayer to Jesus, yeah, no, I would definitely oppose that because that's in God's church. <laughs> Yikes, yeah. And so you're not going to have idolatry. You're not going to allow idolatry or Satanism or whatever to come into God's church. Mm. But there's freedom outside of God's church. For that to take place. If you don't want to believe in God, God's not going to force you to believe in him. So anyway, there's a bunch of people that uh, stayed outside and they prayed and they uh, read Bible verses and held up placards and so forth and, you know, okay, whatever. Um, what's interesting about this particular branch of Satanism is that it is actually atheistic Satanism. Yeah, okay. So right. there are two two branches of Satanism. One is atheistic and the other actually um, worships Satan as a real spiritual being. Mm. And I think the, the, the atheistic Satanism... Uh, which is, you know, a, a, a dominant brand in the branch in the United States is actually reveals, if anything, the genius of Satan. 
Mm. That he's convinced them that he doesn't exist. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like, wow. Wow. Uh, So their beliefs, they believe in in defiance, uh, independence, wisdom, and self-power. Ooh, okay. So there you go. That's probably the hallmark of all satanic religions down through history Mm. is the belief in self-power. Of course, Christianity teaches the opposite Mm. of self-power or Mm. self-empowerment. Christianity teaches dying to self Mm. and Christ empowerment. And so may we all die to self today and live for Jesus Christ. Convention focused on uh, protecting the right for to maintain abortion, mm-hmm. so to take the life of the unborn, uh, while fighting uh, physical abuse and standing up for protection of children, which is kind of bizarre. You're going to protect children, but you're going to kill children. <laughs> you're going to protect them up and oh, well, you're going to not protect them. You're going to kill them up until they need to be protected, which is apparently a uh, yeah. Line so anyway, yeah. Uh, anyway, whatever. The the question is, how do we actually oppose this? Mm. And uh, I would say the way that you this is spiritual warfare. This is not physical warfare. You know, this is not a political situation. A political situation, yeah, you have protests like you know the massive ones they had in Canberra mm. or whatever. That's over a political question. This is over a spiritual question, and uh, you use you use spiritual warfare. So you know the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not physical. Mm. The Bible says. Uh, but they involve things like fasting and prayer. If we want to mm. oppose this, let's take it to God in prayer and let's pray for everybody that's going to this particular convention uh, because I do not believe that they're going there with you know antagonistic, um, purposely you know evil kind of thoughts. Mm. They're just honestly deceived. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different have another clue for the quiz for 300 points to whom did the word of the lord come to and say do not be afraid i am your shield your very great reward zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call if you know the answer to that one again it is uh to whom did the lord come and say do not be afraid for i am your shield your very great reward all right uh joining us on the phone this morning is camilla scaff uh camilla welcome to the show Good morning. It's good to be back. Camilla, it's great to have you on the show this morning. Now, of course, you are the health director for the for our church in the North New South Wales region. And as health director, we are super keen to hear what you have to talk about today. Oh, I'm super excited to be back today. And I do remember the time, if you recall, we did talk about seven different things that um, people could eat, uh, foods that would help with their headaches. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Yes, very, and, very good uh, information. Yes, and I do remember that you, Lyle, had some questions about, specifically about legumes, and you were wondering if we could, um, yeah, talk a little bit more, and because of lack of time, we didn't, we couldn't talk more about legumes, so I brought a little bit of segment to just talk about legumes because it's a really controversial um, thing these days. A lot of people think that, um, legumes could be good for them, and other people think they could be bad for them. So today we're hoping to debunk this uh, myth about legumes being bad because they're really good for you. And I want to talk a little bit about the legumes and why they're important in our diet. Ah, uh, that's fantastic. So when we talk about legumes, we're talking about beans, right? 
basically, kind of beans, beans and lentils, that kind of thing? Yeah, so interesting. The legumes, the word legumes actually comes and they describe the seeds of the plants. And these plants are usually about like lentils, peas, chickpeas, beans, soybeans, peanuts. So I don't know if you've ever seen um, all of these plants in nature. The only one that I haven't seen yet is lentils. I have not seen lentils in the pod. But pretty much the peanuts and peas and all the beans and everything else, I've seen them in the pod. What about you? Okay, so I, I don't think I've seen that many of them in the wild. I've certainly seen, let me see, peas and beans growing in my backyard where I plant a garden. But something that just sort of caught my attention while you were saying that was peanuts. That's right. Isn't that isn't isn't that a uh, isn't isn't that a nut? Well, it actually comes under the legume family, according to Healthline and according to some of the dietitians and the nutritionists from the books that I've researched. So, peanuts is actually very very high in protein. So I think because of its structure, because like again, legumes is describing the beans or the uh, sorry, not the beans, the, the seeds of the plants of these legumes. Um, in which case, uh, beans when you eat beans or peanuts or soybeans or peas or lentils, they're really the seed of these plants that you're eating. So it is a plant food, and uh, interesting enough. Peanuts follow more the category and the family of beans, of uh, beans and legumes, because of what uh, nutritional components and also the nature of its uh, seed. So, isn't that interesting? That's fascinating. With always yeah, something new nuts, to learn. Yeah, nuts are as well as seeds of our plants, but um, they usually follow a slightly different component in terms of what it's um, what they offer. Okay, so. Mm. The thing about legumes, the, the most important thing about legumes to uh, for you to remember is the reason why they're so important in someone's diet. And actually, in most diets in the world, especially on areas where they have limited uh, sources of nutrients, legumes are very important. Um, so because they provide protein, which is an, an essential component of our body. It provides the structure for like muscles, the elasticity. It actually helps on the sight. We couldn't see, we, our eyes cannot um, function well without protein and so many other things that our body needs. It's like a real part of the fuel for the body. But not only protein, actually fiber as well. And the beauty about uh, legumes is that they're both rich in protein and fiber, which we're finding now with the evolution of science that fiber is one of the key components for the body and for the brain because it is what feeds our guts bacteria. And we are, we probably have more, uh, we do have more gut bacteria than genes. So if you think about the importance of fiber, it's as important as protein. And legumes are rich in both of them. So it is probably one of the best and most essential foods that we can eat in our diet. So we've kind of like got a city full of little bugs floating around in our gut. And we need to keep Mm -hmm. them well-fed because if we don't keep them well-fed and they get out of balance, then we get ill. Is that kind of how it goes? 
That's right. And that would be a whole talk in itself. We can definitely talk about that next time, about gut microbiota and what it likes and what it doesn't like. It's definitely a very interesting topic because it's also known as a second brain. So yes, when we are suffering from frogginess in our head or anxiety, and there are even studies that um, are tying uh, depression and linking that with um, di uh, digestion and diet as well and types of food that people are consuming. So I do want to bring attention, though, that even though these legumes are rich in both protein and fiber, it's not only that. It also has high, uh, very high amounts and great amounts of vitamins like B12, B B1, B3, B5, B6, and phosphorus and zinc, copper, and manganese. And I do want to mention that because a lot of people think they need to eat animal products for protein, like meat. And the reality is that animal products have zero fiber. So, yes, they do have a good source of protein, but they have zero fiber. And they have nothing else compared to uh, these legumes, especially the zinc, which is really important for mental health as well. And a lot of people these days are having those components imbalanced because of the high intake of meat protein and the low intake of legumes. Okay, so when we talk about the fiber, and obviously it's good to, uh, you know, our, 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 uh, the bugs in our guts like to eat fiber, so we need to keep them well-fed, and fiber is a good thing to keep them well-fed. But it's also a good way of um, keeping our body regular as far as, you know, when we use the bathroom and that kind of thing goes and making that whole process much easier if you have meat as your protein without that fiber, does that make us less regular in using the bathroom? That's right. Constipation can be a consequence of lack of fiber in your diet, um, as well as if you are not used to having uh, fiber and you all of a sudden start having lots of fiber, you do need to have lots of water with it because lots of fiber without water can also um, resulting constipation. So as, as, as you can be probably make sense, um, our body does need a good amount of fiber, but it also needs water and physical activities. So it can actually, everything that works in balance that can help us to go to the bathroom and have really beautiful and soft tools. How did our conversation end up in poo? I, I, I don't know. It's just, uh, well, <laughs> It kind of, you weren't here for the start of the show, but we did have a conversation about this right at the beginning because Lawson was talking about some archaeology that was being done in a cesspit and it was very fascinating and yeah. it kind of just sort of ended up <laughs> ended up being there. But anyway, it's an important part okay. of our, our health is to be able to be regular. No, that's great. And since you're talking about things that, you know, like observing the poo and digestion and things that are good for digestion, I do want to mention that a lot of people are afraid of the legumes because of the lectins. Um, actually, lectins are a family of proteins that may constitute up to like about 10% of the total protein content in legumes. So it's actually, actually a very small amount compared to all of the uh, proteins uh, constituted in the legume. However, people may be sensitive or resistant to digest uh, lectins. 
Um, but don't be afraid. Uh, basically, um, it's just the way you cook them or the way um, you just uh, help your body to digest by providing a pre-digestion and just um, basically soaking legumes in water for about 12 hours before you cook them and cook them in high temperatures. So um, basically, a proper preparation method will get rid of most of the lectins and that way it will facilitate digestion and it won't be a harm for the persons who may have a sensitivity to lectins. It's not everybody, but I know a few people may have a sensitivity. That's why they sometimes shy out from eating legumes because they're afraid of the pain that they may, may cause to them. Now, we live in a world of very highly processed foods. Uh, what about highly processed Legumes, because I mean, you know, you think of, uh, you know, your, your typical meal of beans or what is going to have very, very little processing going into that. But say, what about something like tofu or soy milk? Um, yeah, these are a good idea or not a good idea when you when we really process okay. them. So basically, um, there are different types. So we do, we do have processed foods and we have the ultra processed foods. So when you come to beans that are in cans or like tofu or milk that are from legumes, uh, like tofu that you mentioned, they actually don't come in the, under the ultra-processed food categories because they are lightly processed, which what I mean is that, you know, basically by blending soybeans, cooked soybeans, um, and blending some part of their legumes with water, it will basically produce milk. And uh, that's just in a very simple format. Some of them will have some stabilizers in them. So when you look into milk and its components, you want to go for milks that have the least components, mostly water and the bean. And some of them will have some stabilizer, like, a, um, you know, guar gum. Some of them might have um, uh, some oils, like sunflower seeds, they might have to stabilize. And so that's what you want to go for. You want to be even be trying to make your own milk at home by just blending with water and then just um, going through a nice sieve and then just getting as much as possible, just the uh, smooth part of the milk. But those are like lightly processed that we call, and these would not harm health. What harm health the most is the ultra-processed ones which means, let's say, you know those can of um, uh, Mexican um, spiced beans or refried beans? Those would be the ultra-processed ones that comes with lots of spices and lots of sodium. And, um, yeah, they're ready to eat, but they will represent a lot more harm to health because of the components of each can or the contents. So I would say if you're... You know, you are worried about processed foods. Just look at the package and the fewer ingredients, the better it is. And with that said, the most, the least processed foods are the best for you. So, for example, if you can, you can cook the beans in your house after soaking them. That's the best to go. But sometimes it will be just easier to buy off the can and cook at home uh, just with some simple seasoning. So that's really a healthy option as well. And I think, you know, from my own experience, uh, being a bit of an amateur gardener, uh, you know, green beans, butter beans, these kind of beans, you know, peas, etc., are one of the easiest things that you can actually grow in your backyard. Uh, great to get the kids involved, great to get yourself out there in a bit of sunshine, and they taste so much better when you grow them yourself. 
That's right. And they taste fresher as well because, like, for example, we talk about peanuts, right, being part of the legume family. The peanut butter sometimes, um, it can be, if, you, if you're not eating it fresh, it could be harmful as well. So there are research that link, um, especially when peanuts get um, rancid and, um, you know, old, it could become uh, very harmful for health and even poisonous in some aspects. So I would say when you are, uh, um, in, you know, getting these products that are uh, from uh, peanuts, that you make sure it's fresh, as fresh as possible and from a trusted source. Fantastic stuff, Camilla. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.